0: Right. Good morning, church. How many's ready for the word? All righty, we're gonna get right into it. But before we do, I wanna just go ahead and pray just one more time. <clears throat> so can we bow our heads and just pray? Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word it never returns void. Lord, it's always life to us. And I thank you for opening up here this morning the things that you would have us to see and the things that you would have us to to go over this morning. I thank you, Lord, these words are your And not my own. We just come against all distractions and command them to go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for a focus on you this morning. Lord, I thank you for doing a work in me, doing a work in everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Last week we began talking about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. And this is going to be part two of that message. I want to dig a little deeper into. the renewed mind. We have a lot to cover this morning, so I want to go back in, but I don't want to uh, leave leave you hanging about what we went over last week. And we, we use Colossians 3 as our main verse. Colossians 3, verse 10, it says, "...and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him." And when you study this word further on this word renewed it means it refers to the redemptive activity of god corresponding to the creation of man which by putting an end to man's existing corrupt state establishes a new beginning if you hear this morning say new beginning new and so this what this tells us is that we renew our minds for the purpose of getting back to being who god created us to be in the beginning it's the redemptive work of the cross redeemed us back to the way that we are supposed to be. And in Hebrews 1, 3, we are reading about Christ here. It says, Who being in the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so this is referring to Jesus Christ. And this, this phrase here, express image, in the Greek, it's karaktar, which is where we get the word character from. And it's a graver, it's a tool, a person that is, by implication, engraving the figure stamped, an exact copy or representation, express image. Now, this word originally meant like an engraving tool or being engraved, but later it meant the impression itself, usually something engraved cut in or stamped, a character, letter, mark, sign. This impression with this particular features was considered to be an exact representation of the object whose image it bore. So as we read in Colossians 3, just one more time, being put on the new man which was renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. We are to be renewed in the image of Jesus Christ when he walked on the earth, just as Jesus was the image, the express image of himself or God, the Godhead. With the express image, and it was an exact representation or or impression. And so we know that, you know, character is super, super important here because that's what we're to be renewed after in the character of Christ himself. So that is our goal is to be renewed in the character of God. And so if you missed last week, be sure and get online and you can listen to that. I believe God will speak to you through it, but that was just a, a little short summary of what we went over last week of being renewed in the spirit of our mind. And I want to look at a verse, a couple of verses that we looked at last week, and I want to break this down a little bit more. Very popular verse here in Romans chapter 12, verse one and two. It says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy." acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I want to pay special attention to this word transformed because that's what we are when we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. We get transformed. We are transformed into something different. And the thing is, is that if you look at this verse and this verse 2, and just leave this on the screen for a minute, guys, be conformed to this world. Just that phrase right there. This morning, let me wake you up just a little bit and say, we're useless Christians if we're conformed to the world. Amen? Amen? We're useless as Christians. Now, we, we know that we can be saved, we can pray a prayer, we can do all those things, but if we're being conformed to the world, and see, this is why Paul wrote this, because he knew this, and in the first part of Romans, he was going over the gospel and the purpose of the gospel so that you can be changed, so that I can be changed into this image of Christ. But if we are conformed to this world, we're just Christian in name only, or what we call a what? A cultural Christian, right? Man, we are digging right. I'm telling church, we got a lot to go over. I just want I, I to tell you that, uh, this is so important in, in our lives that, that we live as Christians to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Because we have to, in this world that we live in and the things that we see around us, we've been so influenced many times by the things we see and we're not able to be transformed because it's the things of this world that we're latched onto. And we've not been able to get into the word like we should to the point where we've renewed our mind and broken away from the things of this world so that we can be used by God. Because God doesn't want you just to be a Christian in name only. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. The reason we're going with this, and we know, you know, it's not real complicated and it's simple, and we've heard these verses before, but God wants to use you. He wants to use me. He doesn't want us just going through life, just pressing through, doing the status quo like we've always done. He wants you transformed so He can use you, and you can't be transformed if you're conformed to the world. Amen. Amen. So we've got to break free from being conformed to this world, and we've got to be transformed. Now, this word transformed in the Greek, it's metamorpho. Now, I don't know if I pronounced it right, but it kind of sounds like metamorphos, you know? And that's kind of probably where we get the word from, because it, it, which means to change, to change to another form, to transform, to transfigure. you've ever seen the Transformers, maybe the cartoon or those movies that come out? You know, they're in one form, and the next minute you, you blink, and there's st- something else. That's why when they look at them, they say, it's more than meets the eye, because it's not just what you see. In a minute, they can, tra- I mean, in a second, if you say, they can transform into something totally different. And see, God wants us to transform into something totally different than what we were before. Just like, a, you, you know, that caterpillar gets into the cocoon, and there's a, there's a, there's a space of time that he have to stay in that that cocoon and then he's transformed into a butterfly right or a moth or whatever it may be i don't know i always thought it was butterfly she tell it's moth but something what transforms into a butterfly a what a chrysalis chrysalis. so we'll be a chrysalis (laughs) we'll be a chrysalis we'll get into cat cocoon we'll be a moth butterfly something i like butterfly who wants to be butterfly rather than the moth you know i don't like those moth things you know they look similar. I saw a moth one time. It was really huge. It had some coloring in it a little. I thought, wow, that's interesting. But we want to be trans. There is a space of time, though, that they have to be in that cocoon. See, there's a space of time that you have to be in the Word. Amen. You've got to be in it. You've got to do it. And see, it doesn't happen, right? You see, when something takes place, when you get saved, there's an experience. There's something to have. And there is a change that takes place. But How many know there's, there's more? There's a whole lot more afterwards. And so we have to be in the Word so that we can be transformed for a space of time. And we have to continue because we know it's a continuing process. Now, this Greek word that's used, metamorpho, it appears four times in Scripture. And once we have it as transformed in this verse here, in verse 2. Now, two other times in Matthew and Mark, we see it at the mountain of transfiguration. And we're going to read Matthew 17, one and 2. It says, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on, on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured. Now, see, that's metamorphosis. See, it's a different word. we got transformed. Now, we got transfigured. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. This was an actual physical transformation that took place on Christ, on his body, on his face, that they could actually see. Now, the transformation that we're talking about in Romans here is an internal transformation, something that happens on the inside. But how many know when you get around other people and you're different on the inside, people can tell, right? So what kind of, you know, internal transformation are we talking about? Well, like we said last week, and like I said before, to get back into the image of the one who created us, the way that we were supposed to be from the beginning before sin entered the world and messed it all up, right? So that's what we're supposed to be transformed into. But we know that this transformation, it's positional, it's who we are. We're supposed to be renewed. We're supposed to say, I'm a renewed man in Christ. But it's also a process. It's something that's an ongoing thing. And the fourth time we see this Greek word, metamorpho, in the Bible, it gives us insight into this transformation process. And it's just building on what we've already known before from last week. Second Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Because look, church, when you look in the mirror, you're seeing the image of God. We were created in his image, in his likeness, as it says in Genesis. If you want to know what God looks like, go look in the mirror. It's something similar. When you see God, you're, he's going to have features similar to you. He's going to have a face. Some of you are looking at me like, what? I thought I said that last week too, but... That's what it is. We are in His likeness, in His image. Now, He's going to shine and look a whole lot more glorious than us. Yeah, praise the Lord, right? Amen. You guys are looking great this morning. You're welcome. Behold, as in the mirror of the glory of the Lord, as being transformed. Now, here's this word again. Transformed into the same image. There's that word again. From glory to Glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. Now, see, when we hear this word glory, we think of, you know, God, glorious angels, glory, hallelujah, la, 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 la. You know, those are the kind of things we think of when we see glory, like some majestic glowing, like there's a halo on our head or something. That's what we think of. But see, in the Greek here in this, and sometimes that's what glory means in the Scripture. But in this case right here, when it was glory to glory... Just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Now, this word glory is of the character and ways of God as exhibited through Christ to and through believers. Now, it's from Vine's Expository Dictionary. Now, see, I didn't know that. I didn't know that before until I looked up. What's this change from glory to glory? What does that really mean? Because, see, remember, we had an external transformation that Christ, when he was at that mountain of transfiguration, he was... It was, it was an external transformation that took place. Well, you know, when I think of glory, I think of brightness. I think of, you know, the glory like that. You know, I was like, well, what is this? This is an internal thing that we are to be in the express image of God into his character, into his likeness, how he is. It's who you are. It's how it, we are to be in his impression, just like who he is. And so that's what this word means. And just like, see, the Israelites... See, they saw the glory of God through a cloud. That's how they had to see Him, because in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Spirit. Look at the end of the verse there. It says, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit that we're being transformed, that we're being from glory to glory. Because we have the Holy Spirit, it's a whole lot easier for us to see God. It's a whole lot easier for us to experience on the inside and feeling on the inside as opposed to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have that. They had to see God through clouds and through a pillar of fire and through miracles. That's how they saw God. And that's where their faith came from because they could see God physically moving in the physical realm. But see, my faith in God is not just what I see. It's what I know to be true on the inside. It's what I feel on the inside. I don't need God to come and give me a cloud or a pillar. It'd be kind of cool if I was in my bedroom, woke up and saw a pillar of fire and he'd be, TJ. But he just doesn't. He just doesn't. I mean, that would be cool. That'd be great. But see, God speaks to us on the inside with that still, small voice. He's leading and guiding us. Through. it's by the Spirit of God that we're changed from glory to glory, and we're changed into the character in the image of Christ. More on this internal transformation, Romans 12, 2, again, and be not conformed to this world, and be not conformed to this world. This doesn't mean, or, you know, the primary meaning of this doesn't mean the external avoidance of worldly behaviors. It's not just, now it includes that. It's not, let's just be good, you know, and not do bad stuff. It is a transformation that is taking place on the inside that we're looking for. It's something that we're going to be, not something that we've got to look like and act a certain way. Not that it's not, because look, in Matthew 17, 2, his face shone like the sun, his garments became as white as light. Now, that was the physical, but we're looking at something just as glorious, something that's just as majestic as that on the inside. Not just a mental thing of looking at at the word of God and saying, you know, well, I've got to act this way. I've got to act that way. And, you know, taking down these little, you know, no. No, we want something on the inside so that God can use us here on this earth so that when we are resurrected at the very end, just like it says in Matthew thirteen forty three, that Jesus says of us here at the resurrection, this is what he says, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears let him hear. That sounds like, I mean, that's a transformation that takes place. It's something different than just a mental ascent here, just something that we're doing that we're looking at and just saying, you know, good or bad. Let me read from my notes for a minute. Transformation is not switching from the to-do list of the flesh to the to-do list of the law. When Paul replaces the list of the works of the flesh, he doesn't replace it with the works of the law, but the fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians 5. The Christian alternative to immoral behaviors is not a new list of moral behaviors. It's the triumphant power and transformation of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our Treasurer. See, there's a transformation that takes place. See, if we get caught up in doing just a list of do's and don'ts, we're going to mess up every time. Because, see, that's what they had to do in the law. That's all they had. And they had to sacrifice all the time for the forgiveness of their sins. But now that we have Christ, now that we have the Holy Spirit within us, as we begin to walk and move on this earth, we don't have to be so concerned with just this little do's and don'ts. We can, we can be led by the Spirit that quickens us to the word that we have already read that we know to be true. And it's a whole lot easier that way. That's what makes it easy, church. You know how you hear these different ones? Oh, I tried being a Christian. It was just too hard. They weren't renewed. They weren't transformed. They weren't being led by the Spirit of God, changed from glory to glory. There's a difference. They were trying to do it with their own power, through mental ascent. You just can't do it that way. You've got to be transformed into that beautiful butterfly. It's better than a moth. Amen. We've got to be transformed. In 2 Corinthians 3.6. And see, this is the thing. As a transformation that takes place, we no longer serve the world. We serve God. We become servants to Him. Who also made us adequate as servants, this is what Paul says in Corinthians, as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So transformation is a profound, it's blood-bought, it's spirit-wrought change from the inside out. We are servants of Christ. And see, those people that have a trouble giving up control, people that have a trouble with authority, that don't understand that God is the ultimate authority, and that He's put authorities down here on the earth. See, people who have problems with authority, they hear the word servant, they're like, I ain't serving nobody. See, they they have a problem with it. But see, the thing is, is there's a freedom and a liberty that comes with serving Christ. It's not the same kind of serving that you would think about. That's why in Acts, when they were deciding with the Gentiles, they were saying, should we require them to do all of the law? Should we require them to be circumcised? And, and you know, James made that final rule. And he said, uh-uh. No, you know, he said, finally. And, then, and Peter stood up and Paul, you know, they were talking. They're saying all this. They're saying, look, I don't think we should do this. Why do we want to put, and they actually used the phrase, why do we want to put the yoke of bondage on them? That's what I said, because when you get back to the letter of the law and you're looking at the law, you can't do it all. There's just too much. You can't do it in yourself. He said, let's not require them to do that. Let's just require this, this, and this. And let them be led by the Spirit of God. Because that's where freedom is. See, where we see that we're becoming enslaved to Christ, we see there's freedom to that. Even though it sounds, see, in our mind, we think, I don't want to be a slave to nobody. I'm slave. But see, when you're enslaved to Christ, you're free. In Romans 6, 18, it says, and have been freed from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. Verse 22, but now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your what? Benefit. Somebody say, Benefit. See, we're getting a benefit. You derive a benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. For the wages of sin is what? Death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Amen? See, when we serve God, when we are servants of Him, when we are enslaved to Him, we're actually free. When you fall in love, that's why the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, because when you fall in love with him, you don't mind being enslaved to him. You want to do because you love him, you want to please him, and you're doing what you love. I mean, when you're doing what you love, you're happy. When you're doing what what you love, you have joy. When you're doing what you love, you have peace. When you're doing something you don't like to do, you don't. You just don't. But when you're doing what you love, I love God. I love him with all my heart. I love him with all my mind. I love him with all my strength. So being enslaved to him, being a servant of him, it's a joy. There's freedom in it. There's freedom in serving that authority. See, there's freedom in submission. We just we gotta see. But see, the world says submitting. Oh, you gotta do you do what you want. See, that's what the world says is free. See, they don't talk about submission. You get out here, they say, oh, be free is... We should be able to just do what we want, live how we want, be how we want. Oh, just, just do whatever, you know? And generation after generation after generation is getting more and more and more rebellious, right? Getting more and more and more turning away from the things of God and turning to the things of this world because we're not renewed. See, you're free in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. We are free. The renewal of the mind is the means for transformation. The renewal of the mind is the means for transformation. To be transformed into this servant of God, to be transformed, to be like him, to have this internal transformation... It takes the renewing of the mind that we may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To be really transformed, you've got to give yourself with all of your might. You've got to give yourself all over to God. You've got to go in hook, line, and sinker. Be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. I want to read verse one more more time. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice. When we're willing to be a living sacrifice, and we understand that it's our reasonable service, and it is reasonable to be a living sacrifice, because he was the ultimate sacrifice that actually went to the cross to death, we live for him. When we do that, and that means we're not wanting to be conformed to this world, we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We give ourselves as a sacrifice wholly unto God, all of us, every bit, all the time. There's no shortcuts. Amen? There's no shortcuts. However, we've got a problem with our minds. You know, we want to be renewed in our mind. We've got a problem. We've got a big problem. See, there's many people who believe the only problem with the human mind is that we don't have access to enough education. You know, some, you know, they just, they can't get enough of learning. I believe That's the problem with the mind because we've got to evolve into this, you know, we, we've got, you know, think. Justin, we were talking in our small group and, uh, you know, Pastor Justin was talking. and He was talking about a guy who was, you know, he's a scientist and he's all into that. And he was, you know, he said to believe in God, though, it was like he, he couldn't do that because it was like turning his mind off. It's like he had to, he, had, he couldn't think anymore if he had to believe in God. You know, obviously he's an evolutionist and he's got all these different, you know, on a TV show or something. I, I can't remember the gentleman's name. But, but, he, but he said, you know, I've read some articles and I know some other scientists that they do believe in God. And I've seen some of their stuff and what, they, what they're showing and what they're doing. It's like, man, it's just really good stuff. And I, I mean, I'm like, how could they write all this and still believe in God? It just didn't make sense to him. It didn't make sense to his mind. He couldn't fathom, it was like, if I believe in God, I've got to turn something off. Rather than, see, what these others that he was talking about, what they discovered is, because science doesn't have all the answers, God fills up the holes. See, he couldn't see that. As smart as this gentleman was, and I mean, he's more intelligent than me, and his IQ is off the charts, I'm sure. You know, these scientists, man, they they got some big IQs. But sometimes their IQ is just too big, they can't see what's right there staring at them in the face. One amen on that. Hallelujah. But see, the Bible's got so much more profound analysis of the problem. It's so profound. And be renewed, Ephesians 4, 23. Let's look at this. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now see, what does this really mean? The spirit of your mind. I want to read this from John Piper. He's a theologian. I, I, I lo- you know, I don't agree necessarily with everybody and... All their beliefs and everything, but I'll tell you what, I really liked what he said about this here. This was really, really good on this verse. He was talking about the spirit of your mind. He says this The human mind is not a sophisticated computer managing data, which it then faithfully presents to the heart for appropriate emotional responses. The mind has a spirit. In other words, our mind has what we call a mindset, it doesn't just have a view, it has a viewpoint. It doesn't just have the power to perceive and detect. It also has a posture, a demeanor, a bearing, an attitude, a bent. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The problem with our minds is not merely that we are finite and don't have all the information that we need. The problem is that our minds are fallen, They have a spirit, a bent, a mindset that is hostile to the absolute supremacy of God. Our minds are are bent on not seeing God as infinitely more worthy of praise than we are or the things we make or achieve. Isn't that something? Now, our minds don't literally, like he was saying, he's not saying a literal spirit, like our minds have a literal spirit. It's the spirit of the thing, the spirit of your mind, the mindset How you view, what is your viewpoint, what is your world view? We've heard that phraseology, what is your world view? And see, I looked at this word spirit here in this verse in Ephesians 4, 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And Vines Expository Dictionary says aim, spirit, aim, or purpose. So we could go back and we could look at that verse and be renewed in the purpose of your mind, the aim of your mind. What is your purpose? What is your aim? What is your mindset? What is your bent? What are you bent on? See, some people are hell-bent on, on proving that God doesn't exist. They want to take it out because the natural man, the carnal mind, does not perceive the natural, the natural mind, doesn't perceive the things of God. That's why we need a transformation. We need a different mindset. We need a different aim, a different purpose. And the only thing that can change us and change our mind and have that same that mindset that Paul's talking about here to the Ephesian Church is we've got to be in the word and see church the problem's not a lack of information like so many in this world want to say we need more information we need more study we need more stuff so that we can fill in these holes and explain the world has how it is it's not a that's not the problem the problem is, is we're fallen we're naturally born with this mindset that's hostile to the supremacy of god because we want to do what we want to do the i wants to do what i want to do rather than submit to the authority of the father And then see, when we don't want to submit to the authority of the Father, we can't see the pastor and submit to him as we ought. We can't submit to the teachers that we have at school and submit to the teachers. I sat in a class in high school. I had kids get in my class sit there and curse the teacher in my class. I would look at him and said, Shut up, what are you doing? He said he was going to punch me out after I said, No, you're not. Shut up. That's an authority. Finally, the teacher kicked him out of class and sent him to the principal's office like he was supposed to be. It made me mad because I couldn't learn like I want to learn. In this society, and I've heard it, it's it's worse and worse. We have a society that's bent on not submitting to the authority of God and the authorities that he has established here on this earth. That's why we can make fun of the president just because. Romans 1:28 says and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's what he says about the unrighteous. That's what he says about the ones who were saying, "Oh, there is no God." And then Romans 23 because see this is this is Romans 1:23 is what he's saying this is who we are by nature. This is why we don't see God as worthy, or we don't see him worthy of our praise. This is why we don't deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. This is why we don't naturally just trust, we, we, we naturally trust more in earthly knowledge than God many times, because in 123 it says, and they exchanged the glory, talking about the unrighteous, they exchanged exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image, there's that word again, image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. You ever notice how science and all that, they want to just call us animals, that we're nothing more than animals. That's why we can go, oh, you can just have sex with who you want to, because it's just our animal instinct. Come on. That's why homosexuality is okay, and it's accepted, because it's an animal instinct. But see, we know in the Word of God that it's just not so. We know in the Word of God, He says to prove yourself holy and acceptable unto Him that we're to be slaved unto him. And so when we see this verse, we say, he created incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. See, man is corruptible, and we want to stay in in that mindset and that view and that purpose many times because the world and all what they're saying, and we believe and trust more into what science and all these things are saying. But God's saying, no, no, you've exchanged it for a lie. We're supposed to present our bodies, our whole active life. That's what that means. When it says present our bodies, that's our whole active life as a living sacrifice. This is our worship to God. It's our worship to Him. But we can't do that without a renewed mind because our, remind, our minds, by, not by nature, you know, it, by nature, you know, it, it doesn't want to go after God. It, it's God. We don't have God worshiping minds when we're born. We have to change. We've got to become that butterfly. We've got to be in the Word to the point where we're not even thinking those things anymore. And see, sometimes, you know, I I look at things and I wonder, why am I thinking this way? Because I've been in this world. And I've seen and I've heard. Oh, and I went to the public school and I heard what they were saying. And I looked at the... Why do I think... You know, I'm thinking certain ways. And I'm noticing more and more, i got more of man's philosophy in me than I thought. And see, as you begin to examine, and the more you get into the Word, the more you dig, the more that you see that you've been influenced by the philosophy of man. It, it's so true. You know, the more and more you get in there, and that's why I love the Word, because, and I like it because the Word can just do the work. It'll just do it. The more you're in it, it just begins to wash. It just begins to change. You begin to think differently. Your mindset, your aim, and your purpose begins to change. Who you are changes. And see, church, this is not just so that we can just be better Okay, this is so that we can be used, like I was saying earlier, we can be used on this earth because when someone sees that you have a different mindset, now they're looking at you. And if you're consistently and consistent in your actions because you've been really, truly renewed, it's going to touch that person because they see you've got a different aim, a different purpose. You've got a smile through all the things you've been through. They can see that and you can open your mouth and you can speak the word boldly as you ought to speak, as the scripture says. See, that's what we're here for. We're here to rule and reign and take dominion on the earth as from the beginning. We're to be in his image. And how do we do that now in this culture that we live in now? It's to be renewed and to be changed and have a different mindset so when others see, we can speak the word with boldness. So, you know, see, before, see, sometimes people want to, they, they, they got the word, but they're not really renewed or they see some things and it's all up here and it's not down in here. They haven't really changed from the inside out. And so when they begin to speak it, they just get nothing but argument and pushback. See? But see, when you've got, when you're changed on the inside, there's a different anointing, there's a different flow, there's a different glory. See, when you've been changed from glory to the glory and you get to the point when you begin to speak, people are listening, their hearts just begin to melt as you begin to talk. Just as Jesus, when he was here on the earth, when he was talking, people's hearts melted. That's why they chased after him. That's why they couldn't get, get enough of him. That's why he, the woman went and touched the hem of his garment and she was healed because he, they, people couldn't get enough. And he said, virtue went out of him. There is virtue inside of you that people need to draw out of you. All you need to do is be renewed and be transformed so that people will touch the hem of your garment and virtue comes out of you and they are changed just like you are changed. Amen. See, that's the purpose. We're not just renewed just because we're supposed to get better or just be a better person so that we can be a a better image so that when we can go to heaven. We're not here just to exist to go to earth, go to heaven. We're here with a mission. We're here with something to do. So as you soak up the word like a sponge on Sundays, as you soak up the word during the week, as you're in prayer, and as you're in the word, as you soak it up like a sponge, ring that sponge out on somebody else this week. Ring it out on somebody else. Hallelujah. We're out of time. Real quick, 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter describes our mind problem a little different. He says, preparing your minds for action. Do not be conformed. This is 1 Peter 1, 13 to 14. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. There's an ignorance of God. It's a willful, you know what that is? It's a willful suppression of the truth of God. Just like it said in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. It makes us slaves to many passions and desires. These passions and desires lose their power if we know God like we should. These passions, these desires, they will fall off if we begin to know God like we should. They will just begin to drop left and right. Paul called these passions lust of deceit, deceit in Ephesians four twenty-one through 23. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So that's what Paul calls these these problems that we have in our mind. Lust of deceit. What's the remedy? The remedy is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that renews the mind. In Titus 3.5 we see this here again. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done. Another Of righteousness. It's not that list of do's and don'ts church. It's not the list of do's and don'ts. He didn't save us on the base of our deeds, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit renews our mind. It is first and decisively his work. We're radically dependent on him. We've, our efforts, we've got to follow his initiatives, his ways, the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us. So what do we do now? How do we obey Romans 12, too and be transformed in the renewing of your mind? We join the Holy Spirit in His precious and important work. We pursue God with everything, with all our might. We read, study, ponder the marvelous truths that are in His Word. Without fail, we've got to form a habit, church, of meditating day and night on the Word of God and in His Word. And pray, pray, and pray some more, and pray, and pray... And pray some more that the Holy Spirit will renew your mind as you study His Word. Like I said, there are no shortcuts. Next week, we're going to begin to get into some of those character traits. We'll start talking about gratitude and that character that we're supposed to be changed into. And we'll begin. Can we all stand? Church, this morning I'm excited. I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about what God's showing me. I'm excited because more and more He's showing me more and more truths that all lead back to that first and greatest commandment. I remember the first time when I was set as the, as the one to be over the youth. I'm the youth leader now. And I was going to go into the class and teach the teenagers. I said, God, what do you want me to teach them? And the first thing he said was my greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second, which is like unto the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. That was the first thing he said. And I began noticing every message thereafter for months just kept building back to that first commandment. Every bit of it came back to that. And even now, so many years later, you know, almost 20 years later, you know, 15 years later, however long it's been. It's been almost 20. I don't know. I just know even now, God's showing me more and more how everything ties back to the first. The first word that he gave me. The very first word. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. How many here would say, I need to love God more. I need to love Him more. I need to be in His Word more. I need to be transformed. Transformed into His image. So that when others see, they don't see just me. They see the God inside of me. That's the whole reason. It's the whole purpose we're here, church. So let's do that right now. Let's just give that over to the Lord. And let's just say to God, God, I love you. Lord, forgive me for not loving you the way I should. Forgive me for not spending that time. Forgive me for when I just let the dust kind of collect on the word during the week. Forgive me where I thought that Sunday morning sandwich would be enough. Lord, I got to dig into your word throughout the week. Father, right now... In the name of Jesus, we come to you here this morning. We come to you with repentance, which means to think differently, which means a mind change. And right now, Father God, we thank you for forgiving us where we have not been in your word like we should, where we've not loved you like we should, where we've not been obedient to the things that were in your word, where we've not been transformed like we should. Lord, give us the strength to be in your word. Give us the strength to go through this process, this ongoing process of being changed from glory to glory. In Jesus' name. Lord, not just for the sake of just so we can just be better, but so that we can win the lost for you. So that we can win those, our co-workers, our friends, our neighbors, our extended family, family members that don't know you, so we can win them to you. Lord, we just lift those up right now that do not know you. Lord, I thank you for using us. Open doors right now. I thank you for Opening doors. Opening doors. For us, put a guard on our mouth when we're not supposed to speak. Open our mouth when we're supposed to speak. Lord, in Jesus' name, give us wisdom. Give us your wisdom, wisdom that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you for your word. Your word is true. Your word does the work. And I thank you as we're in your word, we're transformed. We're changed in you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you believe that, can we give the Lord a praise just for a moment? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to God.